Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. This week, I'm joined by a special guest, Adam Purcell, who is from Milwaukee. And um, Adam, I, I invited you on here because I wanted to, to be able to tell the story. Um, you and I worked together to help sell your family business. And I just thought it would be a really interesting story to share with all the people who, who watch my YouTube channel. Um, why don't we start off by, why don't you tell us the story of the business and, and how it came to be and what kinds of stuff you were doing there? Sure. Yeah. So um, basically um, the business that we had uh, small, uh, it started off as a small family bakery uh, in a suburban neighborhood in Southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, my mom and my grandparents uh, and my uncle actually kind of ran it and, and quite frankly was um, kind of running in subsistence, right? They, they really weren't making any money. They weren't making any money um, enough to survive, put food on the table. Uh, and my mom had a big vision and wanted to go further. Uh, at that time, I was at the University of Wisconsin, Madison. And about six months before I graduated, uh, I was getting my business degree. She called me and said, hey, um, you know, I, I think it's time that, um, you know, our grandma Nona and, and my uncle um, move back to Michigan and, and kind of go into the retirement phase. I want to take this to the next level. Uh, do you want to do that with me? I actually said no at first. Mm -hmm. um, but after about three months of, of her kind of pleading her case, I knew I had someone who knew what they were doing on the operation side. Um, right. So so we jumped into partnership. I graduated in December and January 31st, we opened um, the, the new version um, is what we actually just sold about, I guess, 12 years ago or so. Okay. And so the new version being a much bigger, much more serious kind of business. Correct. Yeah. And we, we, we decided to be very specialized um, on, on cakes, pastries, events, and weddings. Um, so we went in as, as specialists and really focused on what we were best at, which, which I had known uh, and I always had an instinct and had learned in business school that, um, you know, specialization, quite frankly, is where the money's at. Yeah. So, I mean, this, you sold this business. It's a, it's a private transaction. These numbers are, we're not going to talk about the numbers, but just so sure. people have an idea of how big this business was, how many employees were there? Uh, we had about 20 employees. Yeah. Okay. So, and uh, was it open every day or, or just six, six days a week? Six okay. days a week. Yeah. We, you know, we had the luxury at one point we were open seven days a week, but we were doing so well. Uh, we actually decided to close uh, on Sunday so we could have family time. So that's one of the nice benefits about having a business that is, that is financially performing. You know, you can uh, make those life balance, life work balance decisions a little easier. Did that help with recruiting? Uh, it did big time and it helped with yeah. uh, family mental health as well, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, owning a small business is difficult. Uh, it takes a lot of time and, and having that day to totally um, just kind of clear your mind to clear yourself of responsibilities is good for you. But yeah, also having, uh, being able to recruit staff members that don't have to work both weekend days uh, yeah. is, is a really nice benefit in a retail business. Cool. So, so then what changed? What made you and your mom decide that you didn't want to be the owners anymore? Sure. Um, so at first, I was a bit of a silent partner. Um, I was behind the scenes. I did the accounting, the marketing, the high level strategic decision making. Um, but as the business grew and uh, became more successful, I had to step in um, specifically with staffing and, and managing. 
right? Um, that, that I would say uh, is, is probably the most difficult part of owning your own business, right? Uh, it's also the biggest opportunity because you can, uh, you know, replicate yourself through your, through your staff. But as the staff got bigger, that was an area my mom was not strong in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, a full-time corporate job at the time. So I started spending more and more time in the business. Um, when we opened our new facility, which really was a function of, we were just uh, busting at the seams at our old one. Um, I came on full time because the staff, you know, we went from 12 employees to 20 and I just couldn't do it remotely anymore. Um, it was never supposed to be my long-term career path, but it's eventually what happened is, uh, you know, as the business became very large and very successful, the infrastructure kind of grew around me instead of around my mom, which was not the plan. Uh, and my mom was approaching retirement age. So it was, you know, it, it wasn't time for her to put in five or 10 more years and, right. and really learn something new. Um, so I, you know, we knew at that point in time, in order for me to move on and in order for the business to really become what it could, it needed to be in the, the hands of a younger version of my mom. And that, that's really what we started looking for. Okay. So, so basically knowing that your mom was going to retire and that you didn't want to carry this on into the future, this, this was the impetus that said, now's the time. That's exactly right. Because at the, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you really, the owner really should be extremely passionate Mm -hmm. about that business. And my passion really was, um, a family commitment, right? And, and once that business, I had kind of outgrown the business, it was time to put it back in the hands of somebody who was like my mom, just very, very passionate about it, right? That's, that's where the long-term, um, you know, not only wealth, but, but happiness is, right? Yeah. So it was around that time that you reached out to me? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. And so, so we worked together and I did a most probable selling price evaluation and I came up with a number and, and, when you decided, yeah, we're going to move forward and sell it. One of the interesting things for me is that you took my number and you rounded it down and everybody else wants to round it way up. Uh, Can you speak a little bit about that? Because I think it's insightful into, into the space you were in as far as your thinking. Absolutely. Um, Well, first off, I'm, I'm all for, you know, fair deals, right? I'm a firm believer, you know, and maybe leaving a percent or two on the table. I don't want to squeeze every penny out of everything that I do. Um, That's just a mental mindset that that I have for, you know, myself and and people I do business with. Um, The second thing is, you know, we, we were very serious about selling, right? And, and I'm a realist, um, and there's also, you know, an opportunity cost, right? If, if your mind and your heart is not, is no longer in something at the end of the day, you know, let's just throw a random number. Maybe can I squeeze out 50 more grand, but, but maybe you lose a lot more by not being, uh, you know, your mind and, and, and work ethic, not being where it should be long-term. Right. So yeah. to me, it just wasn't worth it. It's, it's something that, um, that I've tried to communicate on many occasions with business owners is that once the decision is made to sell, you have to move as fast as you can because you, then you're not going to want to return people's calls at seven o'clock at night. And you're not going to, you're not going to do that extra anymore. You're going to start to mentally sort of check out and this can have a real impact on the day to day because the employees can sense it. Like, like if you're not there pushing every day and, and doing what you have to, to make the customers happy. Um, I, I think you're right. Like there was an opportunity for the business to deteriorate if you didn't move as quickly as you could because you put a reasonable price on it, do you think that this had an impact on the type of buyers you were meeting? Yes. I mean, and I, I also think um, it was a real deal, right? When, when, mm-hmm. when I, I was a hundred percent confident as soon as I had a buyer interested, Hey, 
you know, here's our, our confidential business profile. Here are the numbers. Here are the tax returns. You know, the, it was um, a, a legitimate deal with very, very financeable numbers. So yep. it, it made me extremely confident, you know, because I, I was very cautious not to be too pushy, right? Um, which I think is one of the challenges when you, quite frankly, when you don't have a broker is you do have to be careful about how much you're pushing it on, on the buyer. But if it's all based on facts, um, and then when the bank gets involved and, you know, they're checking everything off and saying, hey, this absolutely makes sense. Um, it, it absolutely affects the speed and, and uh, seriousness of how quickly you can move down the path with a potential buyer. So w- when was it that we finally got this on the internet? It was about September, maybe? Uh, I, I thought it was about, if I remember, I think we started talking in July and maybe it was mid-August or, or something along those lines. Okay. And so, so by Labor Day, for sure, it was online. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then how many buyers went through, because we had a, a couple of things they had to jump through. How many of them got through that to talk to you? Do you recall? I think we did about three or four from, from the online marketing piece, you know, which mm-hmm. um, obviously you list anonymously. Um, we had about three or four that went all the way through, met on site, you know, did the full tour and, and we started getting into all the details. Okay. And, and it was the last one that ended up doing being the purchaser? We, well, not exactly. So the, the purchaser uh, was basically found in, in October, the, I guess the eventual purchaser. Um, but, but they, you know, I will tell you this, um, they didn't have, like most buyers probably don't have all their ducks in a row. Um, and, and they did not, they were very serious about what they were doing, but they were still kicking around the idea of actually actually making a purchase. So once they found ours, and again, you know, the package was, uh, you know, beautiful facility, well-run business, great financials. Once they saw that, I think the light bulb went off for them. And, and right away they started, they started working with the bank and, and all of these things, but they hadn't done that prior, which, you know, that's why we didn't end up closing for five and a half months. Yeah. And so, so you guys were, about as well prepared and intentioned and motivated as anyone could hope for. And from start to finish, we're still talking about a six month or more process, right? Yeah, correct. Absolutely. Um, when the buyer, when it became obvious that you and the buyer were going to be able to make a deal, mm-hmm. what, when you, you agreed to terms, um, how did you work with them to help them with their banker? Um, great question. So first of all, you know, just, I would say being very proactive and, and making sure I had a healthy relationship with them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like the, the, there was, there was a, a natural camaraderie right away. Um, but making sure that, you know, I, I approached this, um, as, as much of, I would say like a, as a friend as I, as I possibly could. Um, and I was just, I, you know, I threw it out there. Hey, I, I'm more than willing to uh, meet with your banker on site. So I think after the first tour we did, um, they actually, for the first time they were meeting the banker actually as well, but we met on site the next week. Um, and again, just very, being very honest, open, uh, making sure that one thing for me, right, is, is getting information to people as quickly as you can, because when they ask for it, that may be that, you know, that half a day they have, they can are focused on it and we might lose them for another week. If you don't get them that information at that time, um, that I will say, you know, is another benefit working with you by, by doing the confidential business profile. We had our ducks in a row. 
And really, other than our interim financial statements, because, you know, as, as months were going on, you know, they need the next month's uh, yeah. P&L. They need the next month's balance sheet, those types of things. Um, and I was just, I was very, very proactive with working with my accountant and our bookkeeper to make sure that, you know, after the quarter ended two days, after the, the last month ended two or three days later, you know, we had our next P&L um, because I wanted to make it move. Now, I will tell you, so we, uh, the buyer ended up doing a, a SBA, small business mm-hmm. uh, loan, which is what I actually did to build out our new facility and finance all the equipment and all of that, which I knew um, are, are they're great loans, phenomenal loans, but they are excruciatingly slow. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of paperwork is, is huge, maybe twice the amount of a normal loan and everything has to be wet signature. So um, I knew that, which also uh, having some experience there made me very proactive because I knew no matter, no matter what I did, it was still going to take probably a month or two longer than it should have just based on government being involved. And we actually had the government uh, shutdown involved here. I don't know if, if, I, if you remember that or not. Oh, well, I remember the government shutdown, but I, I, I wasn't aware that maybe the SBA was a part of that, was it? Were Correct. They? Yeah. So okay. when, when the government shuts down, the SBA no longer issues new loan numbers. So, so it was, you know, that was a very interesting uh, aspect of the deal that, you know, I was pushing on everyone to get things done. Uh, At the end, our business is very cyclical. So the perfect scenario would have been a January 1st sale date. Um, And everyone knew that everyone was on board. Everyone got it. Everyone understood. Um, But with, with the government shutdown, the bank really we were we kept getting pushed to the middle of the pile because they knew at the end of the day at the end of the day they weren't going to be able to get the loan number so they were just kind of moving at their casual pace knowing that it probably was going to happen in, in March so that's what happened and so the deal happened the financing occurred you guys met with lawyers and signed final papers and you got you got the check describe to us what it was like to go through the transition with the with the new owner Sure. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I liked the new, uh, the new potential owners from the day I met them because they do have a partnership similar, similar to what my mom and I had. Um, I liked them from day one. I felt that it was going to be a, a very good organic fit, um, both in the transition period and for, you know, for them long term. Um, they were kind of cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was looking forward to working with them. And to be honest, we had our strategy plan. We, I was meeting uh, at their facility because they had a previous facility that they rented prior. I was meeting with them once a week. I mean, we were, we were gung-ho, ready to go. And we signed the deal on Friday. And Sunday, we, we were taking down a few walls in our facility, bringing, moving, moving their operation in. And I was, I was very involved because, quite frankly, I was very excited about it. So they already had a bakery in your market, and their, their, their purchase was to merge the two of them? Correct. It, it was um, a very, very good strategy. And well, and, and quite frankly, that was not their initial plan. Their initial plan was, you know, they were looking for facilities and, and all of these things. Um, and that's why probably one of the other reasons they weren't really ready to, to buy the day that they walked in. Um, but it, it just made so much sense. Our facility had excess capacity. Their business was about the third the size of ours, which could easily fit into our facility. Um, our facility was a much more modern, uh, newer equipment, uh, better layout, a, a lot of other advantages. So um, it was really a, a strategically a, a beautiful thing because they were able to remove 
one of the other reasons I was very excited about it is because it was a fairly conservative deal as well for them. They were able to remove their rental costs that they were currently paying at their other facility and put that towards the loan payment, which I really liked just being, um, you know, a financially driven guy in terms of being conservative. You want to make sure the numbers are going to work and you want to make sure that they're not going to be um, over their head in debt because I, the plan was for me to retain ownership of the real estate, which, which I have. Okay. So these guys are now your tenant. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so you sold the business, you, you relieved yourself of the burden of having to operate it, but you still created this long-term investment for yourself in the real estate. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and so that business, I mean, we're, are we at kind of at the end of the cake season or is it just, I guess. No, a cake season is, goes pretty deep into October these days. So, um, yeah, the fall has become a very busy season. So they are still, you know, absolutely in the, in the heart of, of the busy season. And what was the description in your agreement of the transition period? Was it for a certain period of time or was it for sure. certain access to you? Well, so initially it was, uh, I want to say initially it was, um, it was eight weeks but based on the deal going so long, one of the negotiating points I had um, was I kept taking weeks out because I was, you know, again, you only have so many uh, gears you can turn in this thing. Mm-hmm. One of them for me was, okay, every week that it goes beyond, I, you know, I think we're approximately early February, I'm going to take a week off the, the, the free training transition period. So um, we ended up at three um, weeks of my, you know, full time included in the transition. And after that, I stayed on as a contractor uh, for about two months, started off full time and kind of every week was it was a little bit less Um, right up until uh, mid June. I was there probably 10 to 15 hours a week. Right. So I think that your your example is, is one that is, is really awesome to look at because I think it, it's a, it demonstrates just how successful you can be if you take the time to prepare and you, and you know that this is what you want to do. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, preparation is, uh, is absolutely critical. And, and to be honest, um, you know, I had five years into business ownership. I had read an article uh, on a plane actually that had said, you know, build your business like you're going to sell it from day one. Mm-hmm. And we were not doing that. We were not even close. We were your standard bad record keeping, bad managing type small business. But really from that, that stuck in my head. And from that point forward, every six months or so, we, we kind of quote unquote fix something and got, I would just say got more professional um, to the point where when, when, when we were ready to sell, which quite frankly, I did not think was going to happen. I thought we'd own the business for maybe, maybe another five to 10 years. Um, but once we hit that point, it was, it was kind of magical in that I look back at the previous five years and we had done everything we needed to do, um, to, to actually hand it off to, to someone else. Right. And that, at the end of the day, you know, yes, the money's good, but you know, part of building a business is a legacy. And mm-hmm. also you put so much effort into it, things that you'll, you're never going to get back financially. The, one of the gifts of, of selling it is that it continues on without you. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that, that was a very, very big deal to me um, because you, you learn a lot of lessons that can help you in your next journey, but, but also the continuation of the enterprise without you is, uh, is, is really an, an amazing thing. How um, has your staff handled the changeover? 
Um, so at a, at a big picture, I would say it's very mixed, quite frankly. Okay. Um, I, ironically that you asked, two days before the deal um, was going to be signed, our head baker walked in my office and said that he was going to be retiring in, in the summer. Which okay. he did you no, know about this deal? Or not, just, no, no, nobody okay. knew, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was very tight lipped. Um, it was just his time. He was, he was, he was close to the age of my mom, but he had told me previously that he thought he'd be working for about five more years. Uh, but his, his body was kind of wearing down on him. So um, that was a challenge, but right. I literally, um, I had a meeting with uh, the buyer that afternoon because I wanted to disclose that information. And, um, and she had said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. I'm not ideal, but we'll figure it out. So um, I would say about, about half, half are there and half aren't, but quite frankly, in our business, um, that's pretty normal. We turned over quite a bit of staff because retail, um, you know, retail pay wage, it's just normal in coffee shops and cafes like that. You just, yeah. you go through a lot of staff members other than your key, your key ones. And, and so were they able to rationalize the number of staff by merging the two places or they still need to just, they still need as many people as they had before with you and, and their operation? No, no, they, they were able to remove um, two, I mean, really two for now, but probably three staff members long term. So there were also some serious economies of scale. Um, yeah, that, that definitely will affect positively the profitability long term. So yeah, that, that also is a, a really nice advantage. Uh, and one of the great things is the owner is going to be making, is making a lot more money than they were making before, just in terms of a salary, the yeah. operating partner. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a, it, it really is a true, like everyone won in, in, in the deal. Um, and which is great. You know, I mean, what, what else can you ask for? How now, now most people that sell businesses are older, Adam, you're, I don't know, you look like you're not 40 yet. Yeah, 34, 34. Okay. So, so how have you handled this transition now that you don't have a place to go to work every day? Sure. Um, like I said, at first, uh, I was very involved, not only just from an hourly perspective, but also from a, a mental perspective. The last thing I wanted to do for, for myself, and because I had the option to, was to jump into something uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, corporate jobs. I was a product manager for two major global manufacturers, um, as well as uh, a financial advisor. Um, I will end up back in one of those spaces, potentially even, um, you know, owning my own firm again. Uh, I, I did and do, uh, love being a business owner. Um, but right now I'm just taking some mental space. So from the day I graduated from university of Wisconsin in 2008, uh, until we sold, I had had a corporate job, uh, the, the business as well as owned the real estate at both facilities. So kind of three different big roles. Um, and I, I need some headspace after that. And after doing all those things, in addition to actually selling the business, uh, it's been good to take some time and just kind of, um, reflect and I'm still kind of, I would say processing and, and noting and really thinking about what are the key lessons I've learned and what do I want to make sure um, that I either do differently or implement into my next business or, or role moving forward. Mm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's so great that you've gone through this experience at this point in your life because the next business that you get into, whether you buy one or you start one, um, you're going to be thinking about this from the point of view of an experienced person, right? So it's going to allow you to build the thing in such a way that next time it could be, you know, even easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Even easier, hopefully more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, 
Adam, thank you very much for joining us today because again, these transactions are private and I sometimes have a lot of difficulty getting people to come out and and be willing to talk about them. And uh, I am going to work on, after cake season is over, I'm going to work on trying to get you to come back with the buyer because I think it would be really awesome to hear about the transaction from their point of view as well. And it sounds like they're pretty interesting business people too, having already been in business and then, you know, merging this to create these synergies. So thank you. And uh, we hope you have a great day over there in Wisconsin. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. And if anyone out there wants to learn uh, how I help people sell businesses, sell their own business, just go over to www.howtosellmyownbusiness.com, which is where all the information is. And you can see uh, the, the flow step-by-step that Adam described as we were going through the conversation here today. All right. We'll see you later.